need to set a timer because uh, I've got a tendency to run a bit, you know, long, what do you say? To go over time sometimes. Only sometimes though. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. So I want to ask a rhetorical question. You guys don't have to uh, lift up your hands, but just answer it kind of in your heart. But who of you guys want to count for God? Who? Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Dean. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's like, who of you guys want to like, mean something for God, man? Because if you're honest, we don't want to be useless, right? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure no one here wants to be useless. And there's actually some scriptures that we, uh, we won't go into it now, but where Jesus says some harsh things, like if you, if you become in a sense like this, you become of no use. And we don't want to be there. But we all want to be useful to God. We all want to walk in what God has for us and walk in the calling that He has for us. And that is, like, one of the big things of us as Josh Jen is we call ourselves, you know, Joshua generation. The, the concept is that we're supposed to be a Joshua generation where all of us go and we take the promised land, where if you go read in Joshua, what happens there is God tells Joshua, okay, listen, you, the Israelites, you're going into the promised land, and I'm going to give you the land that I've promised you. And it, we see this picture of everyone having a piece of the promised land. But everyone has an inheritance. Everyone has, has something that God has given them. You know? And what, what we see there as well is God says, okay, we're all going to together go and take Hoya's promised land, and then we're going to give it to him. And then we're all going to go together and get Johan's promised land and give it to him. So that's why our heart is, as Joshua generation, everyone walking in the calling that God has for you. If, you, if you're going to be part of us, if you're going to slot in with us, man, you've got to know we're going to get you to be useful to God. That is the heart. And God wants his people to be useful. Now, if you, if you want to title the preacher, I love giving the preacher's title so that everyone knows where I'm moving. It's going to sound funny, but the, the title is Having Friends. Okay? Now, I know I'm an extrovert, so that it's not where, not where I'm going at, but having friends. And I, recently I've seen, I've just started feeling that God has been uh, revealing you know, stuff to me in the area of friends and how does he work? How does he use friends and relationships to get you into your calling? How does he do the connections? How does he use the connections that you have to actually get you where he wants you? You know? I want to look at a couple of observations that I've made over the years. And you don't have to agree with me on this. This is my observations. You don't have to agree with me yet. But I am going to look at scriptures. Then you have to agree with me. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> checkmate. No, I'm joking. But some of the observations that I've made. So years ago when I was in Team T, I know one of, one of my friends, Mornay, is Johanri's brother. I remember he came into Team T and I was like, I don't know if this guy is saved. <laughs> but I mean, no, he's there. Peter shaking his head. He also didn't know if he was saved. But I remember, you know, he, he, he gave himself and he did well. But one outreach, we went to Edgemeet, uh, Josh and Edgemeet. I remember he went up to the guy who was leading Brett Bevan. And he, he went up and introduced himself. And then, you know, they both started speaking about guns and camo and beards. And they were like started actually building a friendship. And then... And whenever they would be in the area, we would connect with him. Like, hey, how's it going? You want to quickly grab a coffee? And they're in two different towns, but they started connecting. And what happened is Brett actually, uh, he spoke to Team T. He said, listen, I want this guy to become my intern. I want you to send him to me, and then and I'll take him under my wing. Because of the relationship that was starting to build between them, Brett was like, I want this guy along my side. And because of that, you know, I mean, he is doing excellent. Like, Mornay is next level now. He's a full-time deacon in Edgemeet. He's an like, amazing worship leader. Like, he's really doing well. And honestly, I think, because of the relationship that he built with Brett, he is where he is now. 
Right? It's because he reached out and because, man, I want to be friends with this guy. I want to learn from him. I, wanna, I want this friendship, man. And because of that, God actually uses that. Right? And, and it, it just makes sense. I mean, Aaron, you won't, you know, you, you won't ask someone to babysit Lukas if you don't know the guy. You know? It's like, even if, you know, you might maybe ask me, I'm not the best at babysitting, but you know me, so you know, you know what you're going to get. You know? <laughs> so, but because there's a relationship, yeah, you, you'd rather trust someone you've got a relationship with than someone that on paper looks well. And that's how we want to build. Now, we're not, if, let's, say, let's say we need, let's say we grow 200 people, like, hey guys, we need more leaders. We're not going to put a post on the Curanto on Facebook, hey, leaders needed, send your CVs. And we're not looking at who's looking good on paper. Now, I heard it once, I won't say the church's name, but they, they're just like this real popular place, and all the pastors of this church wants to go and pastor there. So, and then the guy that was leading there, he now went away. So the way they picked the new guy is they had the top three candidates and they did a preach-off. Yeah? And the guy that preached the best, he gets the position. I'm like, man, that's not what it's about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, and I mean, we're not doing a CV, who's the most gifted, but it's a relationship. We're building relationally. And I want to say, I'm maybe running ahead of myself, but you'll, ne- you'll never walk in what God has for you if you don't have French friends or friendships or relationships. I'm telling you, you know, for the, so I know some of you are introverts and you're like, oh, no, how am I ever going to? But it's okay. I'll look at some practical tips now. Another observation that I made, one of my other friends, Jeremiah, he recently became an elder in City on the Hill Church in Gauteng. For those of you who know, it's a photo of Gauteng Church. It's one of the churches that partner with us. Now, he had an amazing relationship or friendship with, with Ryan Kingsley, who now leads and he also reached out to him and because of that relationship so what happened just to fast track it Ryan went to Gauteng and then Jeremiah eventually also went to Gauteng so now they're in Gauteng together again and And, and I honestly think because of the relationship they've built over the years it was natural for for Ryan to lean on Jeremiah and say listen would you come and lead worship will you come and take over to you because he knows him he knows where his strong points are he knows where his pitfalls are He, he can trust him so he started pulling him in closer. And now, I mean, that guy is powering. He recently became an elder. And it's, it's easy for us to feel like, man, why, why isn't it me? Yeah? Why, 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 does, why does that guy get advanced? Why does that guy? And honestly, I think, obviously, yes, you need to be faithful. And you need to, there's a sense of God is calling you. But it's because he builds relationships. Because he gives himself to those around him. Because they know him. Now, again, like I said, you don't have to agree with me yet. I will look at scriptures, then you have to. I, honestly, I think in, in, in church nowadays, a lot of what people do is we kind of sit back and say, well, you know what? God will promote me one day, or, you know, God will get me where he wants me. Honestly, if you're not going to build any friendships, you, you're not going to go anywhere. Not that I'm saying we need to build friendships so that you can advance. So don't hear what I'm not saying. But we mustn't be passive and just say, you know what? Um, you know, yes, God does. It is God. You can't. You, you, you all agree with me, if God, God places you in a position, and it's not that because I'm now a friend of someone, he now gives me the position. That's why the Bible gives qualifications of elders and deacons. So there, there's stuff in place. Don't hear what I'm not saying, okay? I said it. You all heard me now. So, but we mustn't sit back and say, well, you know, well, God will just, God will get me there. I don't know. Honestly, if you look at all of the people that Paul in the Bible, all, all of Paul's companions, 
I don't think, if you can show me, uh, we can chat about it afterwards. I don't think there was one guy he wasn't a friend with. The guys that were with him, the Timothys and even the Barnabas that he later had a disagreement with, like, you, they were friends. And I'll, I'll read through it now, but if you, if you go, do yourself a favor, go through Romans 16. And look at how many times Paul addresses someone, you know, greet my dear friend this, my fellow worker this, you know. The, he speaks about his dear friends that works with him. It's a friendship. Now, what happens is we sit back now, well, God will get me where I want to, but now where he wants, but now there's a sense of, man, we all, we've got this burning desire in our hearts. For some, it's, you know, I want to be a community leader, or, you know, I want to be a deacon, or, I want to, whatever, I want to be part of AV, I want to be part, you know, there's something that burns in your heart. Or you even look at the church, you're like, oh, we need to be praying more, or we need to be, you know, having fellowship better, or we need to connect in community better. Like, you see an area that you think we need to be better at, eh? And then you hear an amazing preach from higher that says, you know, if you see the gap, it's probably because God has called you to that. And you sit there like, oh, okay, you know. So I, I, I now see a gap, and it's probably what, what God is calling me to. The worst thing you can do is, is sit back and say, well, God will get me there. No, man, build relationships. Speak to someone. Like, this is, uh, this is what I feel burning in my heart. And I'll look at some practical tips. But our, our ministry, or and I'm not speaking just full-time. I mean, we're all called to ministry, right? You guys know that. We're all called to minister and to preach the gospel, to love one another, to pray for one another. Now, our ministry should be relationship first. We're not, again, we're not putting out CVs. It's out of a relationship. So, let's look at some scripture. To back up what I, I'm saying, so, <laughs> just to, so Acts 16, verse 1 to 3. So this is Paul. He came to Derby, I think, Derb, Derby, and then to Lystra. So there's going to be a lot of names and places, so just bear with me. Where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was a, Jew, um, a Jewess, a Jew, and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The brothers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. You can just keep that up. You can go back to two. So, get this. This is where Paul now takes Timothy with him to minister with him. I mean, there's two letters written to Timothy. Timothy goes into churches and he appoints elders. But up until here, he was a, 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 one of the believers here in town. And then Paul comes into town. He meets this Timothy guy. And it says, all the believers spoke well of him. All the believers in this town spoke well of Timothy. That means... They knew him. If someone walks in here and uh, l let's say one Sunday, Russell is here and he asks Kaya, hey, who's that guy? And he's, oh yeah, he's, he's a great guy. Everyone speaks well of him. Everyone knows him. And Russell goes to the next guy, hey, who's, do you know him? Yeah, yeah, we all know him. So it's like a sense of he's, he's connected, in, he, he's friends with people. And when you're friends with people, that's where people start to see the bad side of you. So they get to address you. They get to, you know, that's where you start to grow. But you see that Timothy had friends. And again, it might sound like I'm saying, oh, you need friends in our place. I'm not saying that. I'm speaking about real relationships. I mean, Jesus is very, I can almost say strict about, you know, loving one another. He's very harsh when it gets to offenses. Now, it says, in, in, I think it's in Titus or in Jude, um, where, you know, warn a divisive person once, warn him twice, and then put him out of the church. He's, he's like the other sins, it's kind of like we need to deal with it. But when you're divisive, when you break down friendships, when you break relationships, God is like, I'm, I'm strict there. I'm like, yo, you, you would think it's more on the harsher sins. You know, friendships is just, 
Because nowadays friendships are, you know, you just, a friend comes and you just say, okay, well, I don't like him, I'll just not speak to him. In the church, God has called us to love one another, to be friends. You know, you don't have to be best friends with everyone. It's kind of impossible. But we give ourselves, even if I have nothing in common with this person, we've got Jesus in common. We can speak about Jesus. We can encourage one another. We can s- we, I, I, I needed to teach myself how to be adaptable with friends. When I came to Bloom, a lot of my friends in Cape Town, well, they kind of all goes all my friends, I needed to be adaptable. How do I make new friends? This sounds basic. <laughs> so it almost sounds like I'm preaching on, hey guys, this is how you should make friends. But I, I want to, s- this is very serious, because if you're not going to have friends, you're not going to walk in what God has for you. Philippians 2 verse 19, 26. Um, Paul again. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who takes genuine interest in your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interest, not for those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope therefore to send him as soon as as I see you, how things go with me. Okay, you can skip on. Uh, verse 25. So you can just keep that on. So you see where Paul speaks about Timothy. Man, I've got no one like him. There, there's this friendship. Man, I've got no one. He's vouching for Timothy. He's saying, man, this guy. You, you guys can trust this guy. Because he knows him. There's that friend. He's like, man, the, you know, you guys, you guys, have you ever had that friendship where you, man, you rely on this person? You know you can ask this guy anything and he'll, he'll help. And even if he messes up, you, you it's fine because there's honesty, there's this connection, so you know you can trust him. You know that the person you can trust. And I, I must say, as a community leader, that is the best thing to have in a community is someone that you feel like, I've got no one like this guy. And it, man, that is, there's nothing that gives you as much joy as being able to say, I've got no one like this guy. I know if I'm not there this Wednesday, I can speak to him, he'll, he'll be there. He'll sort it out. Um, you can put verse, tw- verse 25. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Ephroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, and it goes on. And some translations there, the brother says, Ephroditus, my friend. And I, okay, let, let me do it. You know, the Greek word for brother there is uh, Adelphos, which means brother. <laughs> it, it actually means of the same father and mother. Ne? So it, it means a biological brother. Now, this is not his biological brother. But he's speaking of him as his brother. Man, we're so close. We're so connected. Man, this is my brother. Man, this is not just a friend or a buddy. This is, this is my brother. We, we carry the same DNA. I'm sending, you know, for me, for me and I, if I say he's my brother, there's a connection. Even if we don't always speak a lot, there's, there's this connection. If something happens, we give each other a look. There's a sense of, man, we know what we're thinking. You know, there's like an inside joke maybe or something happens. We're like, okay, we, we both saw that. And there's almost that connection that happens. He's not saying like, brother, you know, it's, it's real, like family, man. Acts 15, verse 36. Sorry, I'm running through a lot of scriptures, uh, but I do want to just build a case here. So here we see Paul and Barnabas. So Paul and Barnabas, they worked together, they ministered together, and now they're having a disagreement. Um, and it was actually quite interesting for me studying this. Usually you just read this one verse about Paul and Barna- Barnabas, but later on we see some interesting things. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preach the word 
of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. I'll read now. Interesting, John Mark was Barnabas' cousin. Huh? I don't know if you knew that. So the guy that Barnabas wants to take with is his cousin. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in that place and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted companies. Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the brothers to, gr to the grace of the Lord. So what happened is, we get these two guys, and Barnabas is like, hey, let's take John Mark with us. And Paul says, no, 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 he deserted us last time, I don't want to take him with. Do you see the picture of this is a relationship breakdown in a sense? Man, last time he deserted me, I don't want to take him with. I don't want, it almost feels like I can't rely on him anymore. It's not like he deserted, later on we'll see, he's still a Christian. John Mark didn't leave the faith, he just left the town. He still was a Christian, he was still ministering, and Barnabas took John Mark with to minister with. He, he didn't desert the faith, he just kind of left Paul and Barnabas at one time. And it, now there's a relationship breakdown, and because of that, John Mark misses out on an opportunity to minister with Paul because of a relationship breakdown. But on the other side as well, because of the relationship he has with Barnabas. And even though he failed and he deserted Paul and Barnabas the once, Barnabas, because of the relationship that they have, man, I, st I still trust this guy. I still want to give him a chance. Honestly, I think if it wasn't his cousin, he would have said, yeah, let's leave him. And I'm honest. And I think that's okay. Now, family, do family doesn't mean you're entitled to something, but there is a deeper relationship when there's like a blood family. So it feels like you'll vouch for the person more. Like I'm sure you guys know what I'm saying. So, Colossians 4 verse 10, we, we continue with this story. My fellow prisoner, that guy, <laughs> sorry, or who, who wants to give it a try? Aristarchus. <laughs> Aristarchus. <laughs> Bloemfontein. <laughs> Sends you his greetings. And and as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. So now we see this Mark, and Paul is like, we see Mark ministering with Paul again all of a sudden. And he speaks to the churches, and he says, listen, um, greet him. He sends his greetings. You, you remember, it kind of looks like he sent another letter saying, listen, I've forgiven Mark. He's working with me again. Receive him when he comes. And then the next, uh, 2 Timothy 4. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you. Now, this is the same John Mark, okay? Just to follow. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. Later on, in, this is just almost before Paul um, gets martyred and, and gets killed. So later on in his life, it's only, I think, 20 years later after the disagreement of him and Barnabas, we see reconciliation in the relationship. And because of that, Paul says, yeah, bring him, send him with. He, he's been helpful to me. And it might have been because of that relationship with Barnabas that he continued to minister. And maybe as they journeyed, uh, Barnabas said, listen, you need to maybe not desert Paul again. Uh, a and nowhere in the Bible we see that Paul and Barnabas actually hated one another. Okay. There was a disagreement and they couldn't decide on what to do. But they were actually still friends, right? If you read in, in, in 1 Corinthians, I think, 9. I don't have it here. But we see where, uh, interesting, Paul says, no, he speaks about he's entitled to get money <laughs> from the church. Uh, and then he kind of says something like, aren't me and Barnabas 
Why are we the only ones that's not entitled to get money? And he speaks about having wives as well. But you see where that's years later after this agreement, and Paul mentions him as still one of the apostles. So it's interesting. So I never read it. But you see the relationships the whole time. You're following with me. I want to paint this picture and keep eating this drum. Relationships, relationships. And I don't want to read through Romans 16. I know I gave it to you, but we don't, this is a big, dull Romans 16. But go do yourself a favor and read through it. The amount of time Paul shows, or speaks of someone as his dear friend, his beloved friend. Man, this is, not a, this is not a business. It's not like he works for me and he works with me. Even though Paul uses the language of my fellow worker, but he also uses fellow sh soldier. Have you seen soldiers in an army? Man, they're... They're close. Because if they don't work together, they're going to die. But then he also says, my brother, my friend, there's, there's something deeper than just a colleague. I want to, and I want to land with just four points. How do we build relationships then? And because I know for some people it might be quite daunting, but I think it's easy. We just look to Jesus as the example. And that's the best thing you can do. If someone asks you, how, how should I do this? How should I do this? Just look to Jesus. He's generally good at this, these type of things. So let's look at four examples of Jesus and how does he build a relationship. And you guys, yeah, I, want, I want us to build, and not just once a week, discipleship sessions, man, relationships, friendships, having fun together. You know, recently when Wilmer Ray passed away, I listened to the, um, what did I call it? The, the memorial where and Andrew spoke and I remember just hearing Andrew speak about Wilmarie and how Wilmarie has been a joy to him. He made ministry fun for him. There was a sense of man, they were friends. He enjoyed it having Will with him. Not just yes, he's very good when he preaches. He's man, no man, there's a connection. It, like he's a friend of mine. And because of that they minister well. A, a, a eldership team, a deaconship team, you know, a leadership team, they'll never work if there's no friendship. I must say Boya and Adams, uh, as, as elders in the church, they don't have a lot in common, but they are good friends because they give themselves to one another. And because of the friendship, the team works. Because of a friendship, the team will work. Otherwise, yes, man, if you're not friends with someone and you're in the same team, yeah, have, you seen <laughs> have you seen how difficult that can be? <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, you guys are, don't nod your heads, they're going to see. <laughs> Let's look at the four points quickly. So point number one, if you want to how to build relationships. Pray for the other person in your own quiet time. Man, there's something, when you pray for someone in your own quiet time, your heart follows. You, you start to want to see the best for this person. In, in Luke 22, verse 32, I'll just read it from here. But I've prayed for you, Simon, this is Jesus speaking, I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail, and when you've turned back, strengthen your brothers. We see, and then we, again, we see Jesus uh, as he ascended it into heaven, he's saying, I'm interceding for you. And Jesus prays for you. Guys, we need to hear it. Man, Jesus is praying for you. Jesus prayed for Simon, for Peter. How does that even work? I'm not always sure, but he prayed for him. And if he does it, we, surely we should. And you might think, oh, but, you know, Peter is his disciple. You know, come, let me teach you. But in the next point, share what God is doing in your life. Share with one another. And not just what God is doing, but even if you, man, I'm thinking of buying a car, just share with them. And I don't keep secrets in that sense. In John 15, 15, this is Jesus again. 
I no, long, I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I've learned from my father, I've made known to you. So we see, man, everything I've known from my father, I've made known to you. And it's his friend. He says, you're not my servant. You know, and we are, yes, we are his servants. And, but on the other side, he, he's addressing the relationship. He, man, you, you're my friends. I share stuff with you. I'm open with you. It's not that you're on a need-to-know basis, just go do your work and report to me. Man, we're friends. We're sharing stuff. Next point. Take the initiative. That's maybe the hardest thing. Um, as an extrovert, it's, it's maybe easier, but I know for introverts, it's like, how do I, especially if this is like a bigger group, how do I make that initial, hey, I'm Paul, how do you, how do you make a friend? And I must, I think with, with Mornay taking the boldness and taking the initiative to go and introduce himself to Brett, man, years later we see, wow, one decision, and you see how it just unfolds. In 1 John 4 verse 19, we love because he first loves us, John 3 verse 16, uh, for God so loved the world that he sent his own. We see that Jesus is the instigator of this friendship. We didn't go to Jesus and say, hey, listen, I want to be your friend. And then he said, like, yeah, okay, cool. No, no, Jesus comes and he dies on the cross for us, and then he says, come, follow me. We love because he first loved us. So likewise, in our friendships, man, first love, first reach out, take the initiative to make that friend. Take the initiative to grab a coffee. Just, hey, let's go do something fun. Whatever. Take the initiative. Because it, it can be daunting, right? Especially if you want to, you know, make friends with some, some of the leaders. I know that especially can be, like, scary. And I need to say this. It's not that the leaders are all friends and then the non-leaders non are all friends. Be friends with leaders as well. A leader is a brother first. And then he walks in a leadership position, okay? Don't... Not be friends with you. I know it can be daunting, especially if it's an elder. I remember when I became a deacon, it felt like I started getting invited to stuff a bit less. It's more like, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, eh? I think if you guys, even as elders, you're just like, what is a bra anymore? And I don't get it. <laughs> you don't see that thing. Uh, no, but be friends, man. Be friends. If you're scared to invite an elder to your bride, then don't have that bra. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> probably, you're probably doing things you're not, you don't shoot. Okay, last point. Uh, the last point is living sacrificially. If you want to be a good friend, live sacrificially. Philippians 2 verse 4, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. And, I mean, it's obvious, sacri sacrificial living, this is, that's the life of Jesus. Everything he did was a sacrifice. I mean, you know, when we share the gospel, we say, you know, Jesus came and lived a life that you couldn't, you know. He sacrificed everything. He stepped down out of heaven. He sacrificed literally everything for you. So in our friendships, likewise. And Jesus says, greater love as no one, the, you know, I don't, the greatest love that you can have is to lay your life down for a brother. Sacrificial living. In Philippians 2 verse 4, like we just read, not looking to your own interest, but each of you looking out for the interest of others. You know, with sacrificial living, I want to read the scripture that's going to maybe shock you, and it's fine because it's in the Bible. Uh, you can put up Luke 16. Man, even, <laughs> have you ever, let's, let's just read it. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself. 
It's really in the Bible. You can go look it for yourself. <laughs> so that when it's gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Man, you just keep up. Man, you see, even, even in our finances, in, in the stuff that we have, to live sacrificially, that's the way to be. Jesus literally says here, man, use your worldly wealth actually to get friends for yourself. What he's saying is, this worldly things that's going to pass away, use it to build relationships that have eternal value. How does that practically look? I don't know if you've got a vacancia, invite someone to go with you. You know what I'm saying? It's impossible to not be friends with someone that invites you to holiday. It's, it's, it's ba- I don't, I'm not skimping. I'm s- it's in the Bible, okay? It's <laughs> 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 yeah. Man, and the, I have found it such a joy being able to bless a friend. Being able to, man, I've got an extra place in my car. We're going there. Come here. And I was, I was saying, <laughs> Johan was coming just this morning. Listen, don't you have an extra place to bed? <laughs> I'll see. I'll put you on the roof. <laughs> when, you, when we live sacrificially, because, you know, Jesus says again, where your, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. So even where you spend your finances with your friends, your heart follows. Now, I'm not saying, listen, just go buy stuff for everyone. If you want to, that's fine. I'm just saying, don't be stingy with your stuff. Use it with your friends. Share it with your friends. It's going to pass away. Your, your stuff's going to go away. But hopefully our friends doesn't. And we'll see them in heaven again. Maybe let's land with this. Let's break into groups. Or I want us to break into groups of two or three. Right? Just quickly. Don't, don't worry. I'm, I'm finished now. But I, break, I want us to break into groups of two or three. And then pray, for, pray with one another for us as the season is going, to build relationships, authentic relationships. And I'm speaking for, for those, like, in, in our context, like, to build relationships with one another. Maybe even with someone that you don't have a relationship with yet. And to build those friendships, okay? I'm keeping it quite vague, so you can pray in any direction in that, but let's pray with one another. And after you finish praying, you're welcome to grab a coffee. Uh, or yeah, wants to share something. Do you want to share before we pray? Is it on? Great. I just wanted to uh, just uh, add on that as well. It's very good. And, and I think the, the point is not to try and make friendships with leaders to be seen. You know? And I want to I wanna say that because as leaders, we always see that. <laughs> you know? and, and I want to say that God sees your heart. So if you want to try and manipulate the system, it's not going to work. God doesn't work that way. You know? And, uh, and I've, I've seen it. And that's why I'm, I'm saying it. I've seen it in churches that they always want to go to who's the top level leader in this church and I want to just connect with that guy. And, uh, and that is, God sees straight through your heart. Uh, so don't do that. Be, be humble. Um, actually, th- does it make sense? Th- don't try and manipulate the system. Don't try and work your way up the ladder of leadership. Not that there is something like that, but it's built on character and relationship. And um, it's important to say that because as elders, as deacons, we need to be approachable. So you need to be able to come over to my house and have a braai with us, all right? But also if you're doing it to be seen, if you're doing it so that we can look at you to be the next leader, then you're doing it for the wrong motives, and God sees it and God will not promote you. And if you get promoted by that leader, woe to that leader because he's building on the flesh, but we are a, a people of the Spirit, 
and we build according, according to God's ways. And ultimately, yes, He does open the doors for you. Yes, He does promote you, but you also need to build relationship with the leaders. You know what I mean? How, how am I going to know if, if LaRue is the next community leader if I don't know LaRue? You know what I mean? And it's not like we, hey, we need community leaders just handing your CV there at the door. We'll look at your experience of a thing. It's a relationship, like Paul mentioned. It's about character. But the only way we're going to build that and we're going to move forward is through a relationship. But if LaRue is only going to connect with me because he wants to be the next calm leader, then we're probably going to smell the flesh in one another and we're not going to walk in what God has for us. Does that make sense? Does it come across all right? Right. So groups of how many? Two, two or thirty. Two, two or three. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like your, this half and this half. All right. Groups of two or three, pray, pray for one another, and then it's coffee afterwards, and then next week we're going to have a picnic. Thanks for joining us this morning.